Right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am one half of the dynamic duo, the vet of the group. It's your boy Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again as I am every week with the brains of the operation, the young prodigy. She's a little under the weather, but she still stuck it in here with me. Let's go. Uh, SJ, young SJ, at SJ Basketball 8. How, how you feeling, man? I know you a little under the weather. You know, we we, we good. We, we you know, we, we this is going to be your flu game pod? Yeah, this is a flu game pod, yeah. I mean, I'm feeling a little better today. Yeah, it's been a couple of days. I've had, um, you know, basic cold. But yeah, I'll be all right. Okay. Is uh, how's the the wildfire smog? I stopped seeing it on the TV, and I honestly I forgot all about it. Yeah, it's all pretty much cleared up now. It's back to regular bad air quality, not like dangerous <laughs> levels bad. Just just the normal yeah, just air normal quality that, that deals with in a big city. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, just the regular bad. Um, and yeah, it's not dangerous levels anymore. Oh, okay, it's funny. Like I have to drive downtown for work now, and like. The way the highway curves, like you see the Dallas skyline in the distance, and like at the, when it's early in the morning, you just see the smog, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm driving to that shit. Good luck for me. Um, let's see. So, I don't want to be on this joint for super duper long, and I feel like we have a lot to talk about because this will be the last pod before the uh, uh, the draft, which I think is pretty much going to be. The start of the chaos um, for the Mavs, I think, for the entire NBA. Um, before we get to that, just, you know, the Nuggets end up packing up the the Heat. I think last time we recorded, it was 3-1, and they finished them off. Um, what's your takeaways? Denver Nuggets, NBA champs. What, what, what you think? It's crazy. I mean, they've been the, like, best team in the league, pretty much. I would say not all throughout, you know, the season because they didn't finish with the best um, regular season record. I think, yeah, that was Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee, I think, had the best overall. But throughout the postseason, yeah, they had just been dominant. And Jokic, he took the best player in the world crown, you know, like after a couple of MVPs, you know, people had been saying, oh, yeah, he's probably the best, you know, regular season player. Um, or best offensive player, or whatever. Or best offense, yeah. But they were trying, but um, you know, it's kind of there was like a reluctance to call him the best. Um, I mean, I fell in that reluctance. To me, it was you know Giannis. Um, but I think just with this performance, coupled with how much of a tank he is in the regular season, um, and then we see clearly what he can do in the playoffs. He definitely just proved to us that he can take his team all the way. So, I mean, kudos to them. Um, Jamal Murray had a great comeback. Like the team was just great. Um, and I mean, their roster construction has sparked a lot of discourse, but um, kudos to the Nuggets front office, their ownership, all that. They saw the vision and they stuck with it and they got rewarded with the chip. So, yeah, congrats to them. Yeah. Um, shout out to them. They they made it happen. They they just were the best team and they were better all year. Um, I'll be honest. I was one of those people that had my doubts about them being able to pull it off. But it was just more along the function of defense. I, I didn't know if Jokic could be – I had my questions. I didn't think he could do it. And he told me, shut shut the fuck up and know my role. Um, he got to where – I don't want to call him a good defender, but he ain't, he ain't ass. He's not bad. 
And that's been proven at this point. And they were just good. That was always the the I guess ultimate pivot pivot point for whether they just are a really good cute team or are they champion championship level and they proved it. Jokic played defense. He was surrounded by good players. Um one thing I will say and I want to get your opinion on it. I think Jamal Murray leveled up. I think he was, you know, in the playoffs. He's one of the best players in the NBA. But I don't think the rest of them do is really that good. Like, I- I've seen some talk of they could potentially be a dynasty. I don't know, man. I, I really, I don't know. Like, they didn't, they basically played seven dudes. Like, and really not even, yeah, basically seven dudes. And... I'm not sure that's going to keep working because there's no guarantee they're going to be able to bring back Bruce Bow just because I don't know uh, what the rules. Uh, they can only pay him like $8 million a year at most so unless they do some type of wink-wink deal where he takes that $8 million, and then they get his early bird rights and they give him a bigger bag. I don't, I don't know if they're going to keep him and they don't have the flexibility to replace him. So independent of like the future roster construct, just the team they had this year. Am I crazy for thinking they really weren't that deep? They weren't that deep. It's They seem deep because they had good roster balance. And that's yeah. what I've been like, pre- especially for the mass per se, like, um, for example, like we had horrible roster balance. Like just horrible roster balance. Um, especially in the, oh my God, the 2021 to 2022 season when we brought like four centers and yeah. had like no wings, mad guards, you know, like we like rosters like that. Um, you see a lot across the NBA and with the Nuggets, they just had a good like balance where they had guards, they had wings <laughs> and they had, I mean, the front court was, um, a bit thin, but like I said, Jokic is giving you like 40 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's giving you 40 minutes. If you lean on small ball Aaron Gordon for the other eight minutes, you know, that's like in the grand scheme of things from game to game, that's not really consequential. Um, but I do see your point about them not being um that deep. And I mean, the whole dynasty talks, I think that's very, it's just reactive. You know, people are being um, reactionary towards them winning. But the, another piece of it is the fact that Jokic makes everybody better and i think he's the he's probably one of the best in it in the nba along with like steph um in the sense that he doesn't just make certain types of player but players better he makes like like he just knows how to set everybody up in the way that they need to be set up if that makes sense so like for example the way he plays with like mpj is not the same way he plays with like aaron gordon in a, in an action you know what i mean like Aaron Gordon, you know, he's he knows he's throwing a lot of lobs, you know, he's throwing, the, you know, the cuts, all that. But with MPJs, there's a lot of, you know, handoffs into shots and stuff like that. So I think um, he has that unique ability where he makes, like, very different types of players better, not just one type. For example, it's like, for example, Harden. How Harden really, like, Harden worked out well with, like, lob threat bigs and, um, and like, 3 and D guys. You know what I'm saying? But he didn't work out well with all types of different archetypes. Whereas Jokic, he can pretty, like, you can put anybody on the court with him and they look at least decent. Like, he made Faku, like, Faku stunk on Nuggets, but he looked, I don't even want to say playable because he never really looked playable, but he looked, I mean, he won a series with them. He won a series. And and I, I don't, just to emphasize, to double down on your point. 
it's really absurd with hindsight that the 21-22 Nuggets won 48 games. Like, I, I've talked about it before, but, like, literally, if you took every Dallas Maverick team, um, every iteration of every Mavericks team that Lucas played with and took him off of it and had them people play the 2021 Ma- uh, Nuggets without Jokic, I think they beat them in a playoff season. Some of them teams get swept. Like, that team was so god-awful. Like, Monte Morris was, what, the third option? Was it, was Monte Morris the third option on that team? I think he was, yeah. Because yeah, Eric Gordon was, was number two. And yeah, Flacduke and Pazzo was playing. It was a lot Austin of... Austin Rivers Austin playing. Rivers was playing, like, every night. Mm-hmm. Playoffs. In the playoffs. Like, heavy minutes. 20, 25 minutes. Flacduke, every turn. That team was literally full of dudes that shouldn't even be in the NBA. Literally dudes who... Like, Faktu is out the NBA. Boogie Cousins out the NBA. Uh, I'm. <laughs> you look at the guys who played in the playoffs. They literally were out the NBA. Will and, Barton. Will Barton. Oh, buddy, that team was just so god awful. Like, just so god awful. And he took them to 48 wins. Like, bro, the the Mavs that just fucking didn't make the playoffs. I think would beat that team. I I, I really do. And. He just took them to a whole nother level, and that's kind of probably when we should have saw it. But because they didn't win in the playoffs, because he was fighting for his life with bombs, I didn't see it. That that was my blind spot. And I knew he was good. I knew he was a regular season tank. I still thought he was like I don't know top three in the NBA. I just needed proof of concept on the defensive end, and he just got better. He did his job. He accepted his challenge and and took it. And shout out to them. Shout out to them. Um, I guess moving on, trade trade season. The, the, it started, man. It started. Uh, well, I guess we'll do the the breaking news most recent. I guess Brad Bill was about that joint. Um, what do you think about that? Where do you think he going? I think he's going to Miami. I've always thought he's going to Miami. I mean, this whole Phoenix thing. Reports coming out that Phoenix is, you know, in serious talks too, and that um people talking about his agent, this and dads and all that. Um, but I think he's going to Miami. Um, because at the end of the day, Miami will have the better deal. Um, I know they're trying to get it done without like Hero and all that. No, um, hero, yeah, but even without that, I think um I think they have a they can put together a better deal because at the end of the day, they have more picks to trade. And every time you're, and you know what I'm saying, like a rebuilding team, um, typically likes picks. <laughs> um, they typically like picks, and I think Phoenix can only offer like what one, and it's like a swap. Yeah, I think it's like one or two, and they're like swaps. So it's like, um, there's not really much there. Um, again, Bradley Beal's um no trade clause is driving a lot of this, which is why it never should have been given to him in the first place. But again. They did what they did, and now um, now they're basically paying for it in the sense that he's dictating where, you know, he wants to go, and then you kind of have to accept a less than ideal package for him. But I think ultimately he goes to Miami. I mean, Miami would have the better roster, but I, I personally think Booker, Beal, and Katie, that's a weird fit. Yeah, I, weird agree. Fit. I agree. As much as both Booker and Beal can play the point guard position, that's not their natural position. That, that that might even be leverage to get more out of Miami. 
yeah, that's that's that, another thing. That might too. not even be like a real deal, especially when you with the family ties with the agent. Like it could be the other way around. People are thinking, oh, it, it it's it could be the agent is trying to get Miami to pay up more. Yeah, and I I just I look at it like this to me when this news first uh, broke every single literally every single like reporter um mark stein uh windhorse hell i even listened to the dude from d magazine i think his name mike Belucci. he was like bro fans are gonna be upset because when brad bill gets traded it's not gonna be for a lot and people are gonna be like damn that was it and I don't understand why that's confusing to people because like Brad Bill has the same contract. No one wants to give Kyrie and he, Brad Bill has played nine more minutes. I'm sorry, nine more games than Kyrie Irving has in the last three years. And he, ain't, he ain't old. I think he's two years younger than Kyrie, but he ain't actually, I think he might be one year younger than Kyrie, but he's not, um, like, I just don't see what return you expect for a dude on the second biggest contract in the NBA, in NBA history, who's maybe a top 30 player, maybe, maybe, and he's injury prone. So, like, if they, to me, if they just take Tyler Hero and, and Filler, I think that's a good trade. If I'm Miami, I give you Tyler Hero and I, like, give you a protected first, maybe. If I'm Phoenix, I give you... DeAndre Aiden and like a whatever that swap is and like Landry Shaman, that's it. And I just shake my hands and move on. Like you you trying to tell me that Brad Bill in two years is gonna be way better than Tyler Hero in two years? Like night and day. Even the even DeAndre Aiden. And he makes so much more money than they do. I, I just don't think he has good trade value and he doesn't. He doesn't, but part of it too is um According to the reports, Washington, they're not trying to take on mad money. Yeah. Um, so that's where, even if they don't give up Hero, um, I could see Miami still... Obviously, the deal won't be, like, quote-unquote good if you're measuring up, like, Beal's talent versus, um, obviously, what you're getting back. But like you just said, the contract um, factor isn't heavily here, too, to kind of bring down his price. So... Um, I don't know. I just think Miami's a better, like, better situation. Because at the end of the day, even if, um, let's say even if it's Hero in the deal. Like, you just went to the finals without Hero. Mm. <laughs> you have proof of concept that you can still win games without Hero. And if you're dropping a Bradley Beal, <laughs> you know, onto yeah. that roster where, you know, arguably one of your, you know, main problems was scoring, you know, like shot making, I should say, um, where... If, if Jimmy's your best scorer, I mean, it's been working out for them in the sense that they've been to conference finals, appearances, finals a couple times, but they haven't sealed the deal because ultimately you still need another guy to get you over the hump. And if it's Beal, um, and like you said, you're just essentially, obviously it will be a little bit more salary filler, but you're essentially swapping out Beal for, um, or swapping out Hero for Beal, I just think that's... um. That's a deal you have to do. Yeah. Um if you're you know what I'm saying? If you're Miami, especially Miami's um end. Because I I don't know, it's just better roster balance to me. Like you have Jimmy who's you know, who's a wing player, like a 
three, could even slide up to a four or some, but he's more like a, a two three. You have Beal who's really a two, like a true shooting guard. He's one of the few, um actually I think that do you think I think that position is coming back. I feel like there was a um there was kind of like a period in the NBA where like we had a lot of combo guards as shooting guards and we didn't really have a pure you know, like pure shooting guards, but I think Beal is like a, one of those pure um shooting guards. So yeah, I think I think I like that better in the sense that I like that um especially if you're bringing back like a Gabe Vincent, um Shrews is probably gone, but he he was breaking everything. So so like you're basically replacing Struess. It's really you're replacing Struess with Beal, um and that's a big time upgrade. As much as you know. Bill's still on my list, bad vibes, Bill. But at the end of the day, if we're just talking about um, like talent upgrades, a Bam, Jimmy, and um, Bill kind of trio would definitely move me, especially in the East. Like to me, they're walking back to the finals with a with a um team like that. Like they're truly walking back to the finals if they can find a way to pull off a Bill deal. Yeah, and I also think like I. I don't think Bill has very good trade value if they just, if they, even if Washington doesn't want to take back money, I don't think they want to, like, I think depending on what their, I don't really know what their plan is. Like if they're truly rebuilding, they trade in tall man, they trade in Bill, they're not going to re-sign Kuzma. I don't think taking on like Hero and Aiden don't make enough money to stop that show. So to me, I would take the proven young player and then you can maybe, you basically just feed them shots and pad their stats and then you could trade them again down the line. To me, that's more valuable than cap space for a team that literally has nobody to pay. Um, Like there's no one on their team to pay and I don't, if they're rebuilding, they're not going to go spend it on free agents. So you just go get you a good young player, even if they aren't like a superstar and you just feed them shots and you know, let them do whatever, and then you can build up a value and then trade them, or they're young enough, shit, you you put them in the mix to rebuild around. So if I was Washington, I would take Hero, I would take Aiden and Filler, and I would get off the biggest contract, second biggest contract in NBA history, and be happy with a smile. Um, that's just me, though. Some people think that's... I don't... I personally don't believe they're going to be able to do it without hero or Aiden wherever he ends up at I just don't think that's I just don't think that's gonna be a thing I think it's gonna be something like maybe even I just don't see what where if I'm watching I'm not taking back Duncan Robinson you know what I'm saying like that's that's kind of I don't know it, it you're not going I don't know if you rebuild Duncan Robinson's value you just kind of paying him to do nothing and take up minutes from uh, actual young dude that might need to play more. And what, am I crazy? Do you like? Would you take? What if it's just Hero and Duncan Robinson in a first, or you could take I don't know Hero and just random expiring contract in a first. I'd take the Hero and expiring contracts. Yeah. Um that's a little too much um, long term salary. Yeah. Yeah. between Hero and Robins, Robinson? Yeah, yeah no, that, I wouldn't do that. That's where I'm at. I think Duncan's still got three full years. 
I think Duncan, yeah. I think it's three years. I think he got like three more years. I think I remember his contract was a year longer, year longer than, than Bertans it, or Tim's or it's yeah, a year it's longer Tim's, than yeah. Tim's. Yeah. So yeah. I think he got three, four years. It might even I don't know if that last year is fully guaranteed, but I know that Joker lasts three, four years. So Yeah, and then I, I would need more and if I'm really taking him, I'm I'm gonna need more than a pick. You're gonna have to give me at the very least two picks. Yeah, because as bad as Brad Bill is, he's still a decent NBA player. Duncan Robinson make like 17, 20 million and he fucking I like he was a shame haver, but that man averaged six what, six points a game? Like what are we talking about here? Yeah. And they already and they already got his archetype on the roster already with Corey Kispert. You need to figure out what you got with him before you you take on the they would have an absurd amount of white dudes. Uh, they want to be the Mavs so bad. No, nah, man, I think they'd have more than we ever had. I think four, they'd be starting four white dudes if that trade went through. It'd be Kispert, it'd be Denny, it'd be Tyler Hero. Does Denny count as a spicy white? I mean... I'm genuinely asking. I don't, I, don't. I, don't, I mean, he's he's an Israeli. I, I don't want to answer this question. Okay. I want to change the subject and move on. Okay. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. I I just I don't think it's a super fleece if by either team if Hero or Aiden is involved. I, I think Twitter's opinion of DeAndre Aiden and Hero does not jive. Is not the same opinion that NBA GMs have of those two players. Um, but people don't believe that or accept that. And I also don't think the Heat, like if you fuck, like I know there's rumors that the Heat don't want Hero involved. Come on, man. What are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they didn't want uh, for a, what was it, KD deal? They were reluctant with Hero. Like, they, it's something about Pat Riley and Hero. For real. Yeah. Like, every yeah, time I, a star come up, you always see rumors about, yeah, they're not trying to give up Hero. And I'm like, come on, y'all know he's going to be the centerpiece and if you're trying to get a star you know teams are going to be I, I mean I'm I don't believe that the super tax is as scary to teams as people as scary as fans make it out to be but you I I think you're in this the super tax just with those three dudes and hero like that's your super tax right there I yeah, seriously probably. I seriously don't know how you fill out a roster at that point I think you can get real close to it. I think you could flirt with it, but three basically supermax dudes. Nah. That's that's the thing. I feel like, like you said, teams aren't scared of it yet. But I feel like we'd have to see a team go through it and yeah. see how it affects them to kind of determine how bad this shit is. Like, if a team really enters, you know, goes past the second apron by line, really cannot fill out their you know roster yeah. because of the limitations. And I think teams are going to be like, okay, like, yeah, we're going to avoid this. I, what I think teams are going to do is I think I think a, a team or two is going to, it's going to be like, peak. you know how Denver just did, how they spent a little bit in the tax and then everybody got hurt, so they went out of it. They didn't feel good about their chances. And then when they saw everybody was healthy, they took their chance and they just went for it. That's what I think teams are going to do. Um, I think there will be a, multiple teams in the super tax for a year at a time, but I don't see many teams just doing it for a year t- for more than two years. Cause the, the harsh penalties come when you're, when your draft pick 
automatically move to the back of the first round and shit is if you're in it for two out of four years. And that's where I don't think teams are going to play. Unless, shit, man, if you got a true super team and y'all just kicking ass and y'all young, like, who gives a fuck about your draft pick ain't going to be high anyway. I think some teams will be cool with that shit. Orlando. Yeah, yeah. I, I think some cool is going to be like, shit, our, our draft pick ain't going to be high anyway. So, um, or if our draft picks ain't high, we got so many other fucking teams picks. Like, who cares? I think fans over are reacting to that. And I think the fact that, I don't know, man. Um, the fact that Miami might trade for fucking Brad Bill and literally the second largest contract when they already have two other max players. I don't know. I, I think we see in it. I think it's going to prove it over the next, I don't know, year that some of that fear was a little over the top, but we shall see. We shall see. So moving on to uh, mass trades. So um, there's been some of this stuff that I think is bullshit. Like personally, that whole uh, John Collins and in 15 for Burt and 10, I think that's bullshit. I think Ironically enough, I think John Collins and Brad Bill have the worst two contracts in the NBA right now. Um, I can't think of anybody that has as much money as those two guys that are less impactful to winning. Can you think of anybody off the top of your head? Because I'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm not that's just those are the two guys I that come to mind for me. Nah, I'd probably say them too as well yeah yeah because yeah. my thing john, john got three for 78 left brad got what fucking four for like a buck uh two five two or five something and it's just like those dudes are good players but they literally probably make like double especially john john is probably like a 13 14 million dollar player at this point and got that much money left but Anyway, as far as the Mavs trading for John, I think that trade is bullshit. I wouldn't do that trade under any circumstances. At this point, um, the Atlanta Hawks, as far as teams in the NBA, they have the fourth most guaranteed salary on the books already next year. So before they do spend any mid-level exception, before they do any trades, before they sign any should re-sign any of their own free agents to anything above veteran minimums uh, i think they had around like 169 million dollars that's the first tax that's the i'm sorry that's the first tax apron my bad um the super tax is supposed to be like 179 next year so they basically they have to dump money both short term and long term so if you look at it, if they just keep their team that they got together now, they got to pay double O next year. They got to pay Sadiq Bay next year. There's one other dude they got to pay next year. Oh, uh, what's my man? Um, dude they just traded for. I think they got to pay him next year. So basically, uh, DeJounte Murray, basically they have to give, they have to get off John Collins and Clint Capella without taking back any money that lasts past this year. And in my opinion, they need to give away one or both 
without like doing some lopsided shit where they trade one of them to like a a cap space team and just don't take no money back. That would fix that would fix a, a lot of problems for them both short term and long term. So when I hear that the ne- negotiating is Clint Capella, I mean, is is that we taking John Collins money for basically an expiring and letting him move up five picks? I think that's bullshit. I don't think the Mavs would do it. And if the Mavs do do it, I think we should be, I think we should storm the AAC. Am I crazy? Do you agree, disagree? Oh, well, Stein had already said the Mavs don't want to do that. Like, that's um, Atlanta's preference. Like, the Mavs prefer to get um, Capella, while Atlanta wants to give us Collins. So that's why um, talks have kind of stalled between them. So, yeah, the Mavs aren't interested in doing that. So I don't think we have to, um, like, worry about um, them doing something stupid like that. Um, And it would be stupid. Like, we're trying to clear up some you know clear up the books so yeah. taking junk that that it just really does not we, make sense. I, i'm not exaggerating we don't have a contract on the books bad enough to take john Collins. and I, i'm dead serious i know so you're like well, what about tim hardaway jr tim hardaway jr is probably a better basketball player than john Collins right now fucking russell westbrook who was this alleged disaster that the lakers just need to get away with and they had to pay a team a first to trade for his expiring contract basically and give him some half decent players that also were expiring he's better than john collins right now i I just think john collins is playing really bad he's literally got worse for four years straight and he's owed so much money i just i just any team that's taking him like i actually won't be shocked if on draft night atlanta bribes a cap space team to take him like hey you want the number 15 pick just take john collins like some a team like san antonio like i don't know they they have so much cap space and nobody to spend it on that would make am i why wouldn't they not do that why why would san antonio not do that because they have Wemby and they're focused on like it, I mean, you asked why they wouldn't do that. I mean, I would think they have Wimby, so they're focused on from day one building out a team that would complement him. So taking on like just bad deals just for it, you know, just for like fun. I don't think if if that's the case, that probably wouldn't be high up on their like you know priority list. What what about what about with Capella? Even and even if they don't like get an asset back. Wimby said he don't he doesn't want to play center. Capella just just eat Capella and send no money back. Just take them off their hands. And just I don't like, think they wanted the Hawks. I don't think they want to do that because one Trey um Capella is like probably the closest on the team to Trey. So that's uh, like, okay. Yeah, so that's one. And then two, you can get something of value for Capella. Like Capella's not I, like a bad contract. Oh, right? I agree. I, so to I dump him, that'd be agree. very strange. Um, I one hundred percent agree. Like even if you're trying to clear up money, yeah, to dump Capella would be insane. Um, I, so, I, yeah. I I personally would give away fifteen to dump John Collins before I dump Capella. Exactly. Exactly. But what if Santana? Like, yeah, we really want to center next to Wimby. We'll give you a first. I don't know. I I just. The point I'm trying to make with all this, I I do think Atlanta has to get off money. Like, I think John Collins or 
Capella is going to a team that is going to send them back less money than what they take, if that makes any sense. Uh, as far as it goes for the Mavs, I want Clint Capella. Uh, if that deal was burnt for Clint Capella and you let them move up to 10 and we go back to 15, to me, that's like a no-brainer in my eyes. But I don't think you agree. So do you or do you not? Um, I mean, it's a no-brainer. When I mean, my thing is, because this isn't the first time we talked about Capella for 10. I feel like this was floated in April, but it was just like Capella for 10. There was none of the trading down or anything like that. Mm. That I wouldn't do. Like, um, I didn't want to just give up the pick for like an, you know, like an older guy. Um, I, I would have preferred the youth upside, but if we're getting 15 too, then... It's you know we're, we're yeah. still getting a pick so we can still swing for young upside, but um I mean I don't think Atlanta does that deal, like as much you know we all like it but I get why Atlanta doesn't want to do it because no. like I'm thinking about it like who does Atlanta want that bad at ten? Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like usually if you're just... you're trying to trade up like that you have a guy in mind that you really want and I'm like there's no there has been no rumors about them being enamored with you know a prospect or anything like that that's projected to go in the top 10 so it's like are they just trading capella just to move up for what you know what i mean for yeah. who and, and, so, other, and other things like atlanta kind of got enough a lot of young dudes already yeah that's what i'm saying they like, got atlanta, young dudes. I, I, that's why i think they're gonna give away draft capital just to get somebody to take john collins because they kind of all i don't know if they have enough spot for another rookie to play and develop right away yeah, they can't. Adrian Griffin's still fighting to get, like, yeah. Jalen Johnson's still fighting to, like, be solid. And these are guys that have played, but they're still... And have showed flashes. Yeah, have showed flashes, but, you know, they're not guaranteed in the rotation because, yeah. you know, they have a mix of, of... I would say they have a decent mix of, like, vets and young guys. Young so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's what I'm saying. I, I just don't see Atlanta caving on that, giving us Capella and 15 for 10 because it's like literally like who 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 do they want at 10 they're like that bad <laughs> where they'll give up capella and their um pick you know what i'm saying so i don't i i, I, I may, maybe because like ironically enough double o and taylor hendrix will be a good fit but i don't think the Mavs are gonna i think the Mavs will just take taylor hendrix and just figure some people are saying that but like that's not a guarantee either. Like, if Taylor's there, I could still see them trading out of it or, you know, like, trading him or whatever. Like, people just, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's us liking Taylor. So we're saying, oh, if Taylor's there, they're just going to pick him. I don't know where that's coming from, to be quite honest. Like, I, 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 I don't know where that's coming yeah, from. I have, I have a hot take. Well, I don't even know if this is a hot take. Why are we so sure that Taylor Hendricks is, like, a good, is going to work out? Like, is that's it, I mean, I've been saying that about the whole when when people when the whole thing about like why Kuminga, like why is he not a project like everybody else? Because he shot forty percent from three, so they think the shot is just gonna automatically translate, and he showed and they think he's gonna be able to lock up day one. And my thing is, what I've been cautioning, as much as I like Hendricks and I still would want him on my team because I think he can be, you know, that guy, I've been trying to taper expectations in that anybody we pick at 10, 
like if you look at the lottery, it's a whole bunch of one and dones, bro. Yeah. It's gonna take them some time to to find their footing. Like even whatever you think they can project to be, it's they're not gonna come out game one and oh. be that player. So oh. everybody got it. I think people like as if you keep that in mind. Um, like just at least be real about that part of it. Like even if you want us to draft, just know it doesn't matter who it is. Like even. Like somebody like a Case and Wallace who could be ready, you know, more than ready day one. Even him, <laughs> like he's probably gonna struggle a little. You know, he's gonna struggle a bit in his rookie year. Even, All rookies struggle. Even but, like the rookies that we kind of thirsty after, like as someone who watched the Utah Jazz from opening night, Walker Kessler didn't hit the ground running, right? Exactly. He, he started slow. Yeah. He then he got it together. Mark Williams. Definitely didn't hit the ground running. Obviously, he couldn't even play. He couldn't even get minutes. Yeah, obviously. Nick Richards over but, him. But a lot of fans think it's the coach's fault that those guys would have been ready to play that they right away, and that's that's just not true. Um, Jaden, we saw the same thing with him. Um, even like some of the the like I like Jalen Duran quite a bit, but he wasn't really contributing to winning. It's just more of the vision for him. And I like I would trade Tim for Jaden Jalen Duran right now, but as someone that actually watched him play basketball more than anybody that doesn't live in Detroit should, he wasn't really ready to contribute to winning. He was better than what we had, but he wasn't the answer. I think a lot of people believe if we take Derek Lively or Taylor Hendricks or Jairus Walker or whoever, they're gonna be the answer to fix the problems day one, like literally opening night of 2023. And I don't think that's, that's already unfair to those young men, no matter what. No exactly. Matter who we take. Um, exactly. So that's why when I posed the, Oh, would y'all trade 10 for Kaminga? And the replies were such a oh visceral, like, hell no, oh absolutely. I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Like, here's the thing. Even if you disagree, that's fine. But I just didn't understand the strong no. Because I got a lot of strong no's. You know what I mean? It's not just people saying, oh, no. Like, I got a lot of fuck no. Like, hell no. I got a lot of that. So I was like, where is that coming from? I don't get that. Like, we've seen Kaminga play. He's contributed. People say, oh, he was yanked out. He did not have a leash. In that he made one mistake, and Steve Kerr just did not play him for the rest of the postseason. He didn't get a fair shake. And no. I don't blame Kerr for that. Because at the end of the day, like I always say, any coaching lead is gonna go with a um vet over again. No, it's just Jason Kidd. It's only <laughs> Jason Kidd. But I'm just like, like any coaching lead is going with a vet over a young dude. And that's what happened with Kaminga. You made one mistake, okay, well you're not playing no more. But apart from that, he actually played the like this season especially, he played the way they wanted him to play. And he fit that role okay. I mean, granted it got a little messy, you know, he wanted to play more and you know, obviously they were not playing him as much as he thought he should have been played, all that. Um, you know, young dudes, especially since, you know, technically he got a ring already, and even though he didn't contribute to that ring in any form or fashion, I mean, on his he, he, page, he didn't, he, play. He didn't play that postseason. He didn't play in the playoffs, but he was getting minutes in the regular season. He barely got minutes. That was his rookie season. It was like 16 minutes a night for like 70 games. Like, that's playing. That's, a ro- that's in the rotation. I, I, I thought they cut his minutes, his rookie. I, I know he played early on because I remember saying, oh, I, I'm surprised they're – not that I was surprised because he was the seventh pick, 
But I thought Moody would have been more ready day one than him, and they were playing him over Moody. But I thought they had like just cut his minutes after he because he, he looked rough his rookie season. I remember that. But he looked rough, and then his second year, like this past um season, he looked much better in yeah. the sense of he started playing ball. How gold? You know how Golden State wants to play ball. He started yeah. playing ball like that, and I mean, my one issue—okay, not one issue—but one of my biggest issues with him is that he would always drive into the paint, paint without a plan. That's yeah. most young people, but he was just egregious with it. Like he just—he was all athlete and not like um, kind of using that athleticism or you know, kind of um, channeling it in a different way. Like he was just very brute, is the word I can um, use for his play style. But like I said, he kind of you know molded his play to how they wanted him to play and um i don't know i just see he's 20 20 years old um and not that this deal i mean there's there's nothing around this deal just that um there was a rumor that golden state might move him for a pick um even though i don't think that's um that's true because that doesn't to me doesn't make sense why are you moving him for a pick like to me that doesn't make sense but um if I was just thinking about it from that aspect, and I mean, I'd do it. I'd do that. Um, I would too. I think I'd I don't. Do I don't think his floor, like people's calling him a project, and I'm like, hey man, that dude is already a good athlete, a good, uh, a decent wing. Like he has his problems, but he's six eight, hyper athletic, and he's literally a month older one month i don't even know if it's a full month it might be like 20 some odd days older than brandon miller brandon miller and i think he's like i don't know six seven months older than scoot henderson like he's a young man he's a very young man he, he's still he's as young as some of the rookies in his draft and yeah he was the youngest in his class he was like, like they're, they're, yeah there's dude, there's dudes that get taken in the top 10 that are not going to average 10 points a game until they're fucking like third they I, like i especially like i hate to say this if taylor Hendricks is not hitting his threes he's not gonna average double digits no matter what team he play for oh not at all not like at he all. has his the only thing he does on a plus level right now offensively is like shoot threes and get some offensive rebounds and that offensive rebound it ain't like super guaranteed when you're going against other athletic dudes in the league but like he don't really I, i'm gonna be honest man i will gladly take him but i think we have like mythologized this young man like the more and more i've actually sat down and watched these dudes i don't know man like i see why he's gonna fall to 10 i've been saying i don't want to believe that he's gonna fall to 10 but in comparison to the other guys, like his ceiling is like high end role player. You know what I'm saying? We talking about taking do folks talking about taking him at six. If they happens, God bless him. If the Orlando Magic want to take him, God bless him. But I think his ceiling is like pretty defined. Um, his ceiling, I think his floor is also higher, but I also think his floor is not as high as people think it is. It's it's because he has the the self creation upside is is a bit cloudy right now. Yeah. Like he hasn't shown that he, you know, can develop it really. Um, and again, he'd be a bigger wing that shoots. He'd be really a three and D wing. But um, as we've all been saying, the three and D mold. There's a ceiling with those type of players. Yeah. 
um, yeah. like you were saying. But um, I mean, I just think we've all been in draft mode for so long, and we've just fallen in love with these prospects that we've lost. Um, we've lost some semblance of like reality when it comes yeah. on to um these guys. Like, I... like that's why I'm like, guys, do you know like some of these dudes can bust? Like as much as they look good pre-draft, like some of these dudes. We're bust. Like I, as much as I, I love the draft class, but I just know somebody who I like. It's probably not gonna be worth a damn in the league. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Why, uh, like, why is Jairus Walker like just a night and day prospect better than Isaiah Stewart? And I do think he's better. I do think the lateral quickness is a little bit better. But like, why is he just? top four and Isaiah Stewart went like 16th. Like they have a very similar game. Very similar game. Even some of the def- like literally they're the same height, same wingspan. Actually I think Beast's wingspan is actually a little bit longer, believe it or not, than Jairus's. And I, I do think Jairus is better with the short world juice. But that, that's why because his high school tape was insane and people felt like he didn't get a chance you know with college ball you're playing the system on and all that I so i think um like the assumption is that he wasn't able to show what he really has um but yeah high school take really it still carries um a lot of prospects and his, oh, his it, it's it's I, as i'm learning the hard way as i try to get into watching these prospects and have an informed opinion a lot of people that are in the NBA draft media heavily rely on high school tape and high school uh, class rankings. That's where all this Derek Lively hype is coming from. And all I'll say is, man, go look at the last, I don't know, 20 years of high school rankings and then see where them dudes ended up in the league. And shout out to Theo Pinson. Um, I think Theo Pinson's like a top five recruit, top five player in his class. And we all know how that played out. Um, I think we need to chill on the gas with that shit. It's high school. Depending on what the situation is, depending on what level you played in, it's fucking high school. Let's, my, my guy, Rafael Bralo, he always brings up how Bam Adebayo says uh, teams didn't realize what he could do in the short roll, dribbling the ball because he didn't do it at Kentucky, but they should have watched his high school tape, and he brings it up a lot. That's why he refers to high school tape so much, but brother, if you want to list, if you want a long list of dudes who were the man in high school that never made it in the NBA, uh, I mean, that list is way longer, so I don't know. We'll see, but I, this is one thing I will say. This is the, uh, I guess, weekly Leonard Miller stand segment. SJ, I think that kid is going to be ready to play day one. I don't think uh, I've, I've actually went and watched the fucking whole G League games in context and not just watch um, like just the highlights or whatever. A lot of this, sh- like we, we have to acknowledge like what's going on at the G League ain't exactly trying to win games. You, they, you go there and you learn how to be a professional and you also basically you, you working on your game within the context of like uh well, I say, what's going on at the G League Ignite, I should say. You working on your game. That's why you saw a lot of Jaden Hardy point guard shit. Uh, you got to see a lot of Leonard Miller shot creation shit where he was out there shooting that ugly-ass jumper sporadically, you know, just doing shit 
I don't think he's going to be asked to do in the NBA. I think in his, his rookie year, here's uh, something I know Leonard Miller is going to be able to do. He's going to be able to rebound, be a plus rebounder, day one in the NBA. That is one of the most translatable skills from college to the G League to the NBA. He's going to be able to do that. And he got, and I think he's going to be able to finish because he did that shit against grown men when he was 18, 19. And then when he gets fouled, he's going to make his free throws. He ain't going to be able to shoot. I don't think he's going to be able to play real good defense because most rookies can't, but he'll try hard and he'll get in the way. And I just think being able to rebound and run the floor in transition, I think he's going to be in a rotation year one. I like for it to be the Mavs, but brother, there's no rumors. There's no, no one nowhere has paired the Mavs and Leonard Miller. So I'm giving up on that dream, but that's still a guy I believe in. Like I have not watched, I've not invested in a player uh, entering the NBA since probably so I don't remember. Like it, it dead ass probably got it. We got to go back to like fucking um, Roddy Bobois or Josh Howard or one of them dudes. Since I've been disinvested in a, a player coming into the league that I, I would like for the Mavs. So we'll see. Um, shit, Leonard Miller might stink, but I don't think he is. I don't think he's gonna be a star, but I don't think he's. I do think he's less of a project as he's made out to be. Um, oh, I think he's still going to be a project because part of it too is like how are teams going to guard you I think he's going to just fuck up so much of the offensive scheme for a team that that's why you probably won't be able to play much like even if he is in a rotation I think he's going to be on like the back end of the, I, th- like, I, I think he's just going to play like 15-20 minutes a night and just be I do not think depending on what team he goes to if he goes to a 15 to 20 minutes a night, yes. like if he goes to one of them rebuilding teams or, you know, teams that could give him the opportunity to do so, yeah, but if his draft range is in the 20s, you know, on projected playoff teams, I, I don't think he's he, 15 th- to 20 minutes a night. I will be shocked if he goes in the 20s. I will bet a lot of money he's gone. Ironically. Or late lottery, or not late lottery, but like I ride late. Day. I think the, the I think his I think his floor is Miami. I think Miami would take him at eighteen and just keep it pushing because they actually they need a four. They need a four so bad. You can't tell me he wouldn't get like ten to fifteen minutes. They play in fucking Cody Zeller. You know what I'm saying? And I know Cody Zeller is a fifteen is a lot of run, <laughs> like. I don't think you're 15 minutes is a lot of run. That's, we'll 15, hey, hey, That's a hey, lot of run. Hey, I'm going to predict it. I'm calling it. I think he's going to play 15 minutes, 15 to 20 a night on any team, wherever he goes. That is my prediction because, like, you know how you just get them young dudes just go in there and play hard and muck the fucking game up? Like, he's a muck the game up guy. Like, just go try hard and get on the people's nerves. Fucking, um... Like, basically, that's how Vando even first started playing. He didn't play his rookie year, but he was also, like, a second-round pick. So, but we'll see. That's just my guy. I, I got to stand for him every pod until the draft. And I will be, like, I, it's, his summer league games will be appointment you know, for me. And if if I'm telling you, if he hoops in the summer league, he hoops as a rookie, I'm going to be insufferable by him, especially if the Mavs, like, trade back and had a shot at him. And we end up with, like, a guard but um 
I don't know. It's a, um, what, what do you think they're going to do? Let's let's wrap it up with that. What do you actually think the Mavs going to do on draft night? I have no clue what they're going to I think more than likely they're going to trade back and pick up a vet. Um, now, who that vet is, I don't fucking know. But more than likely, I think they get, I think they're probably going to trade back and pick up a vet. And after that, then it's like, I don't know. Um, but I think that's probably what they're going to do. Um, and I mean, I've been somebody else. You were talking yourself, not talking yourself, but you like Leonard Miller. Another guy I like that's more of a, that's a, one of them project type guys. Um, I don't, uh, I don't know how to pronounce. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, um, but I'll try. Bilal. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, um, cool, uh, yeah. So, I like him a lot in the sense that I think defensively. I'm not even going to touch on his offensive game, which I think will be okay. But obviously, that's what really needs developing. Um, and again, rookies don't typically come in like locking down like their first year, but he's going to be a defensive like monster. Like the not only are the measurables there. But you have seen proof of concept in a pro league. Granted, a French league is not some, you know, world beater ass league, but definitely the best competition. That's um, like any prospects in the draft I've seen. Definitely better competition than you know college. Definitely better competition than the G League and um, and overtime elite or whatever. So like, he was playing in a harder league. And was contributing to winning. Like, he was contributing to winning. And he was doing things that, like you said, could translate um, to, a, you know, to an NBA envir- environment. So he's somebody that, I mean, I know the Jazz like him at not like, like him. And I think they'd have to take, if they really like him and really want him, I heard they sent Ainge to go watch him. They sent Mad Scouts to go watch him. I, and I, think, they, I, I think they're going to take him at nine. I think they're taking him at nine, too. Um, because at 16, he's he's def- he's not making it past Toronto. Like that's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and and so, the thing is, yeah. if they really want a point guard, like a floor general type point guard, there's gonna be some good ones there at 16. Exactly. You so, you take the high upside guy at nine. Exactly, and I think that's what they're gonna do. Um, which is fine if they do that, but like if they don't do that, and let's say we do something else, and then in like two to three years, Bilal is just some monster that we're saying hmm he could be great on the maps like you know like that's what i'm that's what i'm gonna be hard and not just with Bilal, but like any prospect like i'm gonna be mad if you know whatever we do we pass on whoever and then in like two i won't even say three like in two seasons like that person looks like they could be a good fit for us and then we wouldn't have gone anywhere in this time it's it's gonna hurt that that, that, that's kind of the reason why i'm uh I'm cool with a trade back because, and even if, because I don't think Taylor Hendricks is the guaranteed world beater we make him out to be. Like if Leonard Miller or Blau is better than Taylor, I'm going to say it. I think one of those two will be better than him. I don't know which one, but I think one of those two is going to be better than him. And I like Taylor quite a bit, but when you like stop, fanboying and actually just like watch like I've been actually watching these dudes games in context and not the highlights it's like he um I don't know man offensively it's like that shit I don't think he got no juice I don't think he got no juice offensively off the bounce like that's my thing with Leonard Miller I don't think Leonard Miller is ever going to be able to shoot 
I don't think his shot. I think it is a it is a the best version of Leonard Miller is peak is going to be a, a the equivalent of three point shooter that Aaron Gordon is right now, like thirty three percent. But he fucking makes that little goof them goofy ass. You thought you know, I'm about to say something, and this might actually put you off him for forever. Now you know who Leonard Miller reminds me of off the gather? Fucking Christian Wood. Like it looks so bad. You'd be like, how does that shit's ugly? How does it keep going in? But he just got a knack for it. I don't know how. I don't know how he does it. But his big long ass dude does, does that Euro step in, in the paint and he makes that bullshit. And I don't know how. And I don't know if Taylor got will ever have any of that in his game. This is pretty much threes and maybe he can attack a closeout. And if it's just a straight line drive and nobody is at the rim, he can just be athletic and finish over him. But I got my worries about Taylor as far as upside. I don't think he'll stink though. Does that make sense? I don't think Taylor's going to stink. I don't think he's going to bust. Yeah, that makes sense. I just don't think... I don't know if he's what we making him out to be, but we'll see, man. Um, I will say this, given what we need, if he's there at 10... I'm like, I don't know if I can do that at that Clint Capella trade. What do you what do you think? You said you don't think we're doing the Clint Capella trade? I wouldn't do it, but I'm not this is the fucking Mavs. They probably will. But I don't I Oh wouldn't. they're not I mean Atlanta's not doing that. I don't think Atlanta's doing that. So okay. like I think that's just where it ends. I don't think the Mavs definitely not taking Collins and the Hawks not just giving up Capella four ten. So um yeah, I just think that's that's just where that ends. Yeah. Um, so but what, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, what level of player would you have to get to give up being a if Taylor Hendricks is there on ten? Because keep in mind, we can't we can agree to a trade, but we ain't got a fucking you can't make it official until you actually take the kid. So you could just piss the team off, and be like, yeah, we just gonna keep this guy. Oh well, sorry, that's how them's the breaks. I just don't know what player is good enough. And Clint Capella is not good enough for me to pass on Taylor Hendricks, even with my doubts. He just... I mean, I mean, usually in those situations, that's why it's a little... That's why if you can't trade the pick beforehand, it's it's hard to trade the rookie because, like, teams like to pick their own guys, right? Yeah. Um, and like you said, like, how are you going to trust a team to pick the guy you want when you know you've agreed, you know, to a trade beforehand? Yeah. So, um... That's why if if a trade were to happen, they'd probably have to do it. Um, like we'd probably have to know about it. You know, like the night, like they'll like there has to be a trade in principle, um, and we'd be picking whoever the team that we're trading with wants. Yeah, I think it'll even maybe be a situation where it's generally the framework of the trade is agreed to, but it's only if the other team is like, if this guy's here, we'll do it. But if he's not there, we're not going to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's going to be the context because no one's just – I don't think anybody is – because you just can't predict what the other team's going to do. Ten ten is not fucking like one or two or three or even four. Like, it's ten. There's a lot of shit that can happen where I don't know if a team would give up a player that is that good to do it. So we'll see, man. I really, like you said, I don't know what they're going to do. 
I'm not making any predictions. I just know we'll be on here live reacting to it. Um, I hope something crazy happens. Like, I will say, I just don't want them to take a guard. I want them to take a player who is a defensive player who is plus size to guard the guy he is going to have to guard to make this team a real team. So I don't think Kaysen Wallace can finish a game with Luka and Kyrie. I think we're lying to ourselves. If we think Luka's going to be able to guard due to the size that are really good, as soon as next year, maybe he gets here eventually, but I'm not willing to, I'm just not willing to do that. Um, we didn't talk about it, but which, where's this, will we train for Buddy Hill? Where's this shit coming from? A random, literally a random account um, tweeted some about a multi-deal trade between us. Who was it? I think it was like us. Was it the Jazz? It was, so it was, it was us, uh, the Pacers, and Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. And somehow um, OG going to Indiana. And Buddy Hill is going to us. And then literally a random account. And then Toronto is getting they they getting a pick or they moving up i don't fucking know i don't know Let's but see. it was a random ass account i don't know why people are taking that and like running with it I, i'll just say this like i think if Kyrie left i'd be open to it but i mean we got Jaden and tim like bro that shit is dead i don't know why you're talking about we need like we need buddy heel to do especially if you're giving up the you're giving up the 10th pick to get a guy that would I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i don't think i don't think it'd be buddy for the 10. I don't think it could be, it could, but what else are they talking about in that in that trade? I I, I have no idea, but I don't think well, it'd be Buddy for the ten. I think maybe uh, Indy. Indy, from what I've been told, with Buddy Heal and Indy. I say what I've been told from what I've read, um, with Buddy Heal and Indiana, like they want a first round. Like if they're trading him, I mean they should. They should. Like why are they? Why like I don't. He's like the second best shooter in the league. Yeah, and he's real good, and he fits. He got even better when they the version of their team that they want. Like, like why are I'm, why are they trading him? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. It was a random ass account that yeah, said that. that and him matter. and Tyrese are like really close. And then by all accounts, Rick really likes Buddy. So like, Man, I don't know. No, but dude, Buddy didn't pass in his fucking career. Got under Rick and was fucking average like four five assists. I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, you know, people are running with all these random, um, that's the thing, I, I like rumors, but not the ones from, like, the random ass accounts, like, no, if it's, like, a, from, a, like, a Stein, or, like, a Haynes, or, you know, like, a Sean's one, fine, um, even, um, Fisher, and, uh, I guess Eric Pincus, I'm not a huge fan, but sure, but, like, if we talking about literally a random Twitter account, please don't show me no random Twitter account, yeah. talking about some, this is a rumor. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I just can't see it. I, I can't see it. I'm not even thinking about it. Like, where's Buddy Hill gonna play? Like, I, I just, like, just. And low key, don't Buddy make like twenty something million? Like, he makes more than Tim and Jay. He's like twenty four million or twenty two. No, he was a declining account. So I think he's making like twenty two or like no, maybe twenty. Wasn't his account declining? It okay. is. Wasn't his contract it, declining? His contract declines. Okay, I know. It's, it's, a, it's the last year. That it's like 22, right? No. 20? It is 18 and a half. 18, that's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. I remember. It yeah, started, he went down from like 24. 24. 
Yeah, and it yeah. was twenty two. It was twenty nine. Yeah, they're, they're not training him, bro. They're Hell good no. training him. Hell no, like $50 million dollars. Are, are you kidding? Yeah, $50 million dollars for the second best shooter in the league? Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. And it fits in his play well. Like you about to? They don't have yeah, nobody else to pay. They about to. I was about to say, yeah, fits with their franchise player. He's not eating up him. your cap. Yeah, they won't extend him. Yeah, I don't know where that. Yeah, yeah. That's that goofy. Yeah. Eighteen million dollars. I lost. I lost what he's talking about. I'm just on my phone. I was like, I, I think Buddy Hill's a good player, but man, we just saw like we traded fucking bro. We got Kyrie Irving, and Kyrie was hooping. He was fucking hooping here. Like, I get it. We won winning games, but he was hooping. And we couldn't win because of defense. And we just gonna add another defensive player. We gonna give up an asset? No, nah, man. Like, let's let's not do this. Let's not. We just saw where that leads. There is a diminishing point of returns offensively, and we hit it. I think the stretch of Kyrie and Luka is the best offense Dallas has played ever as a fucking basketball franchise. If you just take the games Kyrie and Luka played, I think that's the best stretch of offensive basketball from an offensive rating from an uh, efficiency standpoint I think the Mavs have ever played and we fucking were one of the worst we had one of the worst records in the NBA during that stretch like nah man we, we need to turn like I love Tim but we need to turn Tim into the even if it's a lesser version of him that plays the four or the five that's what we need to do with Tim um, and I, I like Tim quite a bit. I do think we need a high volume three point shooter that can play alongside Luke and Kyrie. I think there's too many fans that are poo pooing the value of that. Like all the lineups that Luca has excelled in have all had a lot of spacing, and I know we need defense, but this is an actual basketball team, not like a cool thought experiment. Like, we got to actually win games. And the teams that just played in the finals, they all had spacing. There was one bad shooter on the court at a time. And all four, all the other four players could all shoot. So, like, these thought experiments for how teams should play and OKC and all that, like, they ain't won shit. They ain't do shit. Uh, Golden State, like, they had two of the best shooters of all time. And the third dude could shoot. Luka is a below-average three-point shooter. If you put him on the court with another below average three point shooter, be it Anthony Black or anyone else, and this rim protector we want is likely going to just be a rim runner. That's three dudes that are below average three point shooters. I don't care unless I think Kyrie's going to be able to shoot the blood, unless we get, I guess, the equivalent winger Clay Thompson. Man, dude's going to have to play defense and shoot. And I just don't know how that's going to work. Um, like, I think it's a cool thought experiment, but as far as actually winning a championship, am I crazy? And I, I feel like I'm rambling on this, but like the teams that are winning got shooters everywhere. Am I crazy, SJ? Like, how do you feel about the? Because this is before we wrap this up and we get in and and get out of here. Because like with Anthony Black and my guy Leonard Miller and all these non-shooter defensive prospects. Does it matter, or are we just that deficient on defense? We should just grind it out. I mean, it matters because at the end of the day, like, like you see what happens in the playoffs, and not even just the playoffs. Like this is the regular season two to an extent, but in the playoffs, you see more like 
teams get really egregious with non-shooters in the playoffs. Like, even the Nuggets, right? They played one non-shooter. I mean, other than, like, the scant um, DeAndre Jordan minutes, they only really played one non, like, quote-unquote non-shooter. And that was Aaron Gordon. And he'll get them up. If he's open, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, he can talking. make some of them. <laughs> you know, like he had like he can go up. Like he had that three for five game. Um when um who was it? Who was it? The Lakers. When when yeah. Anthony Davis was just disrespecting him, not even guarding him, and he burned their face off. So you can have non shooters, but they need to be able to give you that. He shot like, forty those... he shot thirty nine percent. Thirty nine point one percent in the playoffs. Exactly. And that was him basically not being guarded. Your non-shooter needs to give you that. Like, if they're not guarding you, you have to make it count. So where some of the teams don't have that is that they're not guarding you and you're not making it. So it's like, so that's why, for example, Vanderbilt couldn't play. Like, for the Lakers. They weren't guarding him, and he wasn't making them pay for that. So uh, if you can make teams pay for not guarding you, whether, like, in whatever way, like, not just knocking down a shot, but eating up that empty space, uh, maybe pulling up for a pull-up or driving or have, you know, I don't know. But you have to make teams pay for not being able to guard you. So I feel like if you're a not, you know, if you're a non-shooter, if that's not your strength, you need to be, either you need to really compensate, like obviously Aaron Gordon, for example, very good defensive player. Um, and it's not like he was a zero on offense like we saw in the Heat series. Like if you give him a mismatch, he'll eat that all day. Like he'll he'll eat that all day. So I think you just you can be a non shooter, but you just have to be like your other skills have to really heavily overcompensate and um you have to make teams pay for not guarding you. So I mean we'll have to see how Leonard Miller and if Anthony Blackshot doesn't come along and teams are guarding him like that, we you have to see how they kinda come around um with that. But yeah, I don't. It's like in the um in the WNBA right now. One of the rookies, Haley Jones, um, really good. She was really good in college, but um, really good point guard. Um, but her big thing was that she you know couldn't shoot. Um, didn't have a shot. And the dream, she got drafted to Atlanta, and she was coming off the bench, and then they start they started her, and now she's like the full time starting point guard because she is knocking down her shots. Like teams aren't really guarding her. And she's making them pay. So I think um, if they can do that, like if it, especially like an Ant Black, I think it'd be more um, it'd be more possible for him in his case to make teams pay for not guarding him more than a Leonard Miller. I think. Um, so if he can figure that out, um, I think I think they'll be okay. But obviously, getting the shot <laughs> um, is still the most important thing, and you need to be able to hit it if they're not guarding you. Like like you just said, Aaron Gordon shot damn near forty percent while not being guarded. Um, so you have to at least, you have to at least, um, be somewhat like that. Yeah. I, the reason why I still believe Leonard Miller is like, he got that Christian Wood where he can drive into a crowd and somehow still make, I know he just has a insane touch around the rim and he can finish through contact already as a plus. Well, I believe he can. He did it in the G League, like. It's kind of crazy. He's the same age as Scoot Henderson. Was on the same team with him and some other G League dudes, and he led. The, he scored more points than all of them. Was efficient. Got significantly better as the year progressed, and like he's a project. I, I just, I, 
I know this dude might end up stinking and y'all gonna listen to this and be like, Dwight, I don't know why you like this dude, but I just feel, I, I feel like I'm a crazy person and thinking this dude is going to be good. And I feel like, like most mocks still have him in the 20s. I think they, the people who are connected, the mocks that have like sources and shit are moving him up. But like, I just feel like this is nuts. And I think it's because the jumper is so ugly, but it's like, you know, he's kind of proving he can be productive with a ugly jumper in a pro league against grown men. But anyway, rename this to Litter Miller Pod. Um, you got anything else? No, sir. All right, let's can, let's make one prediction though. I want to make one prediction before Thursday night. Who goes at ten, even if we don't make the pick? Who is the player drafted at ten? It's probably gonna be. Mm, I mean, I've I'm thinking Hendricks falls, so I think it'll probably be Hendricks. Yeah, but there's also somebody else. I think he's going ten. I think Taylor Andrews is going to be drafted at 10 by, even if yeah. it's not us, I do think that's where he's going to go because I think my, this is predictions I'm going to make pre-draft. I believe Grady Dick will play for the Magic some way, somehow. Taylor Andrews will be picked at 10. Anthony Black will be drafted by, no, you know what? Let me take that back. The Washington Wizards will draft a point guard. That is the prediction. Anthony Black. If, Anthony if he's Black. not gone before. The, the, the rumor is they might take Kaysen. They've made Kaysen a promise, but then again, they might not, they might, Anthony Black might be going some, might go earlier. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. There, if, 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 I think if Anthony Black is there, they'll probably go Black yeah. or Kaysen. And the reason why I say that is because, like, I listened to that Woj pod with the owner and, like, the way he described what a point guard does for a franchise. And he was actually right. He was like, a good point guard makes players happy to play for your city. And he makes those players money because he gets some easy shots. And he just like, this is the owner. This ain't, this is the owner proactively bringing that shit up. Like Woj didn't ask him that. He just told the story of what he thought his team needed. I'm like, yeah, that's not like they taking a fucking guard to me, no matter what they do with Brad Bill or anybody else. But Anyway, um, yeah, Washington's taking a point guard. Taylor Hendricks is being drafted at 10, and Grady Dick will be a Orlando Magic. Those are my predictions. However, those are going to come to be. After that, I have no idea. Anyway, we uh, we thank y'all for listening. We will talk to y'all, I guess, Thursday, Thursday night. We find out the fate of our fucking favorite team. Y'all have a good one. Talk to y'all Thursday. Yo, everybody, I want to, uh, I guess this is just a quick add on to the pod we recorded a couple days ago. Um, I'm doing this solo real quick just because the Brad Bill trade popped off and everybody talking about it. And by the time the draft roll around, nobody going to really care because I think another crazy trade is going to happen. It's going to be the draft. As it pertains to the Mavs, I think the draft is more important to us. Um I'll say this. I think some people are like shocked Brad Bill went for such a small amount. And to an extent, I agree. But I also think that, man, Brad Bill was on a really bad contract, man. It was really, really bad. And the fact that Washington didn't have to take back any bad money whatsoever, any long-term money whatsoever, 
and that they actually dramatically reduced how much money they have to pay this year. It, it puts them in a position if they do want to bring back Kuz, if they do want to bring back KP, or they just want to tear down and rebuild. It's short-term and long-term put them in a much better financial situation. Now, I probably would have done the Miami deal, and I guess – you know, Miami was basically sending back expiring and maybe going to throw a pick or two in there. But would Brad Bills know a trade cause? I guess he finessed that, or I guess Miami didn't want to do that. Basically, I'm assuming the two people that wanted Brad Bill was like, this dude is on the second biggest contract in NBA history, and he played about as much as Kyrie Irving the last three years. I'm not giving you a lot for him. And I, that's something that also needs to be emphasized. Brad Bill has played nine more games than Kyrie Irving the last three seasons. Nine. Three per season on average. And, you know, there's a lot of people, however you feel about Kyrie, I do agree that he's not been on the court a lot, quote-unquote, unreliable. Well, Brad Bill's been just as unreliable as far as games actually played and being on the court. And I don't think Brad Bill's as good as Kyrie. And I also think the remaining four years on Brad Bill's contract is going to be more money than what Kyrie gets. So everyone, you know, even myself to an extent doesn't believe that Kyrie is a good long-term investment, but you can't then say Brad Bill had super high trade value when he has a worse contract and has been just as unreliable the last three years. Um, moving on to like what the Suns look like now, um, I think they're a good team. I do think they're a contender, but they still don't move me. And it's not because of death. I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, they need death. And I kind of been on Twitter today saying basically death is overrated. And I want to explain that in context or I want to articulate why I feel that way. So I just went after that trade went through, I was like, damn, they got four guys. How many guys have the last three NBA champions had that actually played big minutes? And what did their stats look like when you got to like the sixth or seventh man? And just looking at it the last five years, man, I'm sorry, guys. The, the last three champions, their sixth and seventh men didn't, didn't really do a whole lot. And even when they were good, they weren't like expensive guys. And when I say six or seven men, I'm talking about actual minutes played. I know Jordan Poole came off the bench. I know Bobby Portis came off the bench. Uh, I know Bruce Brown came off the bench this year. But Bruce Brown and Jordan Poole were top three in the regular season. And uh, I know Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown and Jordan Poole were both top three in minutes played in the regular season for the last two champs. And then I know... Uh, Bruce Brown was all that shit. I think Bruce Brown was second in minutes <laughs> in the playoffs for the Nuggets. And I know, I think Jordan Poole was fourth. So those dudes may be quote unquote six men, but nah, man, them dudes was playing starters minutes easily, heavily. So I don't count them as six men. I'm talking about the dudes who actually played the sixth and seventh of most amount of minutes, right? And when I look at that list, like last year, it was, you know, it, it, the, the seventh man was like Dunkle Jeff. I like Jeff Green, but he ain't really doing a whole lot. The eighth man was Christian Braun, and I think Christian Braun can be a good player, but when you add those two dudes up, they average eight points a game. You know what I'm saying? So the seventh and eighth men, one, they gave you eight points combined put together, and 
you know, they, they just don't, they didn't play enough minutes. They didn't have enough impact to where you, th th that's replacement level. You can go get any random dude on a vet minimum and give you that production, right? And how do I know this? Because Jeff Green was on a vet minimum for three straight years before this year with the, with the, with the Nuggets and Christian Braun, God bless him. You can't tell me some ring chasing vet can't replace his production for what he gave the, the Denver Nuggets this year. Uh, as you go back to the Warriors last year, fucking Damian Lee was like seventh in minutes played in a regular season for the Warriors. Like, that's actually kind of crazy when you look at that. Damian Lee, he really that good, man. He he just ain't. And he was top seven, so which means he was, I guess, technically the seventh man in the regular season for the Warriors. And we all know he ain't that freaking good. And when we got to the playoffs, the Warriors basically played Seven dudes, six and a half dudes. Same thing for the Nuggets this year. They truly played their six main guys. And that was about it. No one else really contributed. Other guys played minutes. They were on the court, but they weren't doing shit. So I say all that to say, and then even when you get to the years past, uh, when you get to the bubble Lakers, when you get to the Bucks, same thing. The bottom line is most the teams that actually won the champion championship the last four years, they really only had six and a half, seven dudes. Regular season, postseason, it did, they were not deep teams. Um, their top four dudes were dogs. And that's really what all this shit comes down to as far as actually winning the championship. Like you really, your top guy has to be a dog. And if your top guy is not a dog and he's not a tank in the regular season and playoffs, it don't matter how much fucking death you got. And it don't matter how much little death you got. If your top two guys, especially your top guy, is a tank that makes everybody better and your top, I'd say, four or five guys as a unit are all dogs and mostly healthy, um, you the, the fucking seven through 12 dudes really are... They really don't matter, man. They just don't. And I'm, this is, y'all don't got, again, I say, this, don't believe me. Just look it up yourself. Look at who was actually playing, look who's actually contributing on the champions the last few years. Once you get past the top six, seven dudes, it's, it's like, it's bet minimum production. So, with all that being said, the sun still ain't going to be no fucking good. In my opinion, it's not going to be because of death. It's going to be because. I'm not sure Brad Bill and Kevin Durant, I'm not sure their bodies can hold up to the grind no more. Like I said, Brad Bill, because of injury, has played basically nine more games than, than Kyrie the last three years. Kevin Durant, we know his injuries history. And I, uh, a Booker, I think, will be there. Uh, you know, I know we like to get our Booker jokes off, but Booker a dog, man. He was great in the playoffs this year. But I just don't think when the money is on the line, they're going to have any help. And I do think they'll trade DeAndre Ayton. I think they're going to trade DeAndre Ayton for two role players. Or they're going to do something where they trade DeAndre Ayton to a cap space team and the super tax that everybody's afraid of, this second apron that everyone's afraid of. Like, they, I think they're going to – like, I think DeAndre Ayton makes $32 million. If they trade him for players – they only the bare minimum that they have to take back is like I think 50 25 ish 25.8 or 25.9 million 
And I won't be shocked if they do that and then just use the taxpayer MLE to get a guy. Um, trade basically aim for two role players that they feel pretty comfortable can play. And then they make $26 million combined and then get access to the uh, MLE. And then that's just 18. They try to break Aiden down into three rotation players. And just their big three is those guys and uh, the guys they break down Aiden for. And then they, they, go into, they go into war with that. And, you know, if, if the injury guys smile on them, they, they might be a problem. If they work it out, they might be a problem. But keeping a buck i still ain't afraid of them i'm not but it's not because of death it's not because of the second tax apron or anything that i just don't think katie and bill's bodies are going to be able to hold up and i don't give a shit what they uh seven through 12 men are when that happens the shit's cooked anyway so they not they don't move me they don't scare me the only way i'll be scared is if some team is stupid enough to give them like a lot of good role players for DeAndre Aiden. And I don't think DeAndre Aiden's value is nearly as low as NBA Twitter's, but I still don't like the players that they need to replace him. Teams, even if DeAndre Aiden made a lot more money, made less money, if he made 25 million or 20 million, no one's giving up the wings and defensive presence that they need to really, really set that thing off. So. I'm not really worried about the Suns still. I do think they're better. I do think it's a good trade, and I don't think they're with the salary cap increases. I'm not 100% sure they are going to be a super tax team for more than maybe one year. Um, I, I think they may, I don't, if they do what I think they're going to do with Aiden, I don't think they're, I think they're going to skirt right outside of it this year. They'll probably dabble in it next year once Booker's new deal kick in but then the salary cap will increase so much it'll it'll like outpace the raises so i i don't think they're guaranteed to be a uh super tax team for more than one year and to get the real super harsh penalties you got to be in it for two out of four years and i think they'll do something like they'll do it once probably not this year but the next year and then they'll the the cap increases and whatnot will kind of eat up the raises. So the percent of salary those dudes make will go down year by year and will kind of get them out of trouble. Um, yeah, so they they still don't move me, but I also don't think they're going to be a super tax team and I still think they're going to have some flexibility. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's it. That's my two cents on the Brad Bill trade. And... I think that's it, man. I, we will talk to y'all live uh, on Thursday. I'll let y'all. Peace.